terraspaces.org in association with lunafest.io proudly presents to you the lunafest podcast let's welcome to the stage the host of the show wiggy welcome to episode five of the lunafest podcast today's date is wednesday the 30th of march 2022 yeah, and with a big warm welcome, I would like to introduce Chief Izel at UST, yeah, a big um, Terra Maxi crypto person in the space. Yeah. Hello, DeFi. Hey, how's it going? How are you, buddy? You okay? Yeah, doing good. I'm excited for so many things. Yeah, I see uh, you was one of the early members in the uh, Telegram group, the LunaFest Telegram group. Uh, I've seen you posting a few things. You there posted a transcript in the group last week, which was quite uh, took me on a bit of a journey. Yeah, that's actually uh, the first uh, big gig since COVID started. Um, that that I finally got to get out there and uh, play some music. And uh, it was some some of my buddies that uh, have been around in the scene for a while. So I went back and uh, dug out all of the different kinds of trance that I've played from, you know, back in the late 90s all the way up to now. So, so it was quite the journey. Yeah. But when did you actually get into the dance music, the uh, electronic dance music scene? Was it obviously in the 90s? Uh... Yeah. So in the late 90s, around, uh, you know, 97, 98 uh, is when... Uh, those uh, big DJs from the UK started coming over and bringing trance over to uh, over to um, you know the the big room trance like the epic trance we used to call it uh, over from uh, the UK uh, to North America right so there would be uh, gigs that they would play with uh, big arenas filling in like tens of thousands of people and uh, so I got heavily inspired uh, and uh, you know looked at uh, John Digweed playing this show and uh, went on this crazy eight-hour journey of music. And uh, I definitely felt like I need to do that for myself as well. And that's that's where I got started. Yeah, I I take it you're a Canadian-based West Coast Canada. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I'm on uh, Vancouver Island. So uh, the city I'm from is Victoria, which is... uh, Vancouver Island is like uh, half the size of uh, UK, and uh, it's just off the coast of Vancouver uh, on uh, Western Canada, and we're about an hour and a half ferry ride away from Seattle as well. Yeah, what's the uh, culture like over there, the, uh, the electronic scene? I've never been to Canada. It's, yeah, when, I, when I think Canada, I just think salmon fishing and grizzly bears and stuff. Uh, I've never ever thought about going partying there, but has it got a big um, party scene in Canada? Yeah, so these days it's uh, mainly focused around those uh, outdoor music festivals, right? So one of the biggest one is uh, Shambhala that happens in the middle of BC uh, in you know by a river and a farm, and uh, you get between you know ten to twenty. Uh, to 30,000 people showing up from all around the world there. Uh, But, you know, compared to the UK or uh, EU, the scene is much smaller. We're still kind of still 
not mainstream in terms of electronic music here, right? Like uh, you'd hear them at uh, special clubs and stuff, but it's not as big as it is in the UK, right? Uh, so it still somewhat feels like you're, it's the underground, right? But at the same time, you know, uh, I think the big focus of electronic music these days over here is at the festivals instead of at clubs. Yeah, you mentioned uh, John Digweed before. Would he be one of your biggest music influencers as you was uh, coming through the scene, or have you got many and varied? Yeah, there's quite a lot. So Sasha and John Digweed were like the early ones, right? But at the same time, as I was getting into trance, there was also drum and bass that was going on there. So Aphrodite and all of that like uh, atmospheric drum and bass that I was listening to uh, back then influenced me quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, over the years, I kind of uh, I went through like an evolution of liking different things as they become as the scene kind of changed as well. Right. So, uh, you know, in the early 2000s, trance, I, I, I see it as like those that epic trance stuff kind of we grew up a little bit and became more mature. So it, it turned into more like progressive house, which is got it's, it's I call it like minimal trance. Right. Because uh, a lot of that. Uh, cheesiness got taken out and it became more like funky and uh, uh, you know and then over the years from then you know I, I kind of got into more like progressive house tech house minimal techno uh, some of that desert house that we get uh, down in California funky house deep, deep house all of that stuff and uh, you know but in the last 10 years if you uh, look at my sets there they kind of I don't really follow a genre it's mostly house music but like follows a journey you know whatever tracks that I need to bring in to take you on a journey up and down right that's 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 what I've been uh, into in the last uh, last little while and then over the last four or five years I started getting very much into kind of dubstep and the bass music as well um, and uh that that's been a big influence in the last like if you go on my soundcloud which by the way soundcloud.com slash khan k-h-a-n um i managed to you know uh, be an early adopter of soundcloud so i was able to get uh, get my name uh as as the as the url but uh, yeah if you go on there you'll see almost like 50 60 hours of mixed sets from different festivals that i've played at over the years and you'll see kind of the evolution of it was like more trance house and that kind of stuff and then over the last four years it's been kind of like left field bass a bass and that kind of stuff right like um, deep dubstep that uh, that that's what i've been kind of swinging into you, you mentioned khan there is a khan your dj name uh, dj khan by any chance. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. So Khan is what I go by with my friends and in the music scene, right? And uh, so yeah, on on SoundCloud, if you just uh, you know go uh, go over there, you'll find all of my mixes there. And uh, yeah, Khan, like I, you know, I, I'm I like to be more like a chameleon, like fitting in all of the different places, right? Like my in my day job, I'm a product manager, right? And then uh, you know, in the summer. On the weekends, I play at festivals, and then in the last few years, I've all, I'm also a crypto DJ, you know. So all of those roles kind of juggle between. Yeah, go, going back to evolution and through festivals, what do you think of the uh, evolution that's going to be taking place with the uh, obviously Lunafest is going to be a crypto based festival where everything's paid in UST. 
here. We're going to be bringing the Metaverse stuff, Web3, into the festival. It's going to... Um, hopefully, I'd like to see what I'd call Lunar Labs, where we get, say, like Pioneer Technics or one of the big companies, DJ Alan Eat, coming and talking us through some of their equipment um, to go along with all the Metaverse and all the other stuff. Uh, what do you think of the evolution that's going to be happening, crypto-wise and Metaverse-wise? Yeah, I mean, I see it as a very simple uh, simple thing, right? Like this uh, decentralized movement, Web3, that we're in, it's all about removing the middlemen, right? So, uh, you know, whether it's uh, Airbnb or, uh, you know, banks or whatever it is, right? Like in the current situation that we're in, there's always this middleman that sucks out all the capital from between, right? Uh, and because they get it going, right? So um, I see like artists and music and tickets and shows and all of this stuff, instead of uh, having like a big reach in by uh, record companies and, uh, you know, venues and stuff like that, it becomes more peer-to-peer, -peer, right? Like, so the value transfer becomes more peer-to-peer -peer over all of the different, you know, I, I was at a burlesque show just the other day and I was sitting there and looking at, all the people paying using the, uh, the you know, the cards and their bank uh, bank cards, right? And uh, I was thinking about how many intermediaries are involved in those transactions, like those thousands of transactions that are happening at the clubs and everywhere, right? And, um, you know, we're pretty close. We have the technology so that, you know, v uh, Visa or all of these guys are not just uh, making billions of dollars and you and I are having to pay for it, right? So. I, I see that evolution happening everywhere from the music scene to the bars and clubs that we go to, to the banking and to even how we will do travel and connect with other people, right? Yeah, well, I, I see things moving fast. I'm a big Liverpool fan, Liverpool Football Club fan. Uh, today, they've just released a series of NFTs. Uh, I don't know if any other football club's done this, but NFTs for the football club, uh, which... It's like you can see things happening. Uh, Motley Fool. I, I before I got into the crypto, I was doing a bit of trading on the Wall Street bets, all that kind of stuff. They uh, released something today. Uh, basically, they were talking Terra, uh, which is unheard of for these companies. But like crypto and Terra in general, it's getting bigger. And along with the crypto comes the metaverse stuff, the Web three stuff, the NFT stuff. It's all getting dragged along. And it seems to be a, well, it's picking up speed and it's it's getting places faster than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. So with Lunafest doing this, it's just a music evolution from the festivals that we've seen in the past to, to moving forward with the time. So I'm hoping it's going to grow really big. Uh, do you see that yourself? Do you, do you see... Um, do you see this happening a lot worldwide? Festivals like Lunafest popping up. Um, do you think this is going to be the norm in the in the future? Yeah, I mean, for sure, some some form of it, right? I'm really excited to be part of this uh, first. You know, we're, we're I think the crypto DJs, we're all early adopters, right? We're like into aping into things. So I, I hope with doing Lunafest, you know, and a few iterations of it, we'll set up templates for you know, other festivals to start taking that on. So just to kind of go back a little bit. So after the first few years of being in the rave scene in Vancouver, 
I started producing my own little parties in the in the forest as well, right? And that's like a natural evolution, right? But back then, we were just putting money out of our pocket and mostly losing because, you know, we were in it for more for the music than anything else, right? But if we're able to create this kind of template of, um, you know, the economy of uh, festival goers and artists and uh, the people who produce it, and then also the lasting legacy of like those ticket NFTs that you can airdrop, um, you know, new mixes to your fans from, 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 uh, you know, the past few festivals or whatever, that stuff is going to just make that scene even more, uh, more vibrant, right? Like right now uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those places I, I feel like, like crypto where, uh, where the, uh, where, where there's like these small economies that, you know, like Burning Man or any of these festivals, there's like a small economy that starts uh, get bootstrapped for only a few days, right? And then it all disappears. But I feel I feel like with uh, having things on chain and uh, going that way, it's going to get you know even more uh, of a community feeling, and people are going to be more connected. I think uh, that way. Yeah, well, that, well, that's a big thing. What Lunafest is pushing for obviously a decentralized festival where the people actually own the festival. And then obviously, whether you're a big token holder, small token holder, you can walk away from that festival being a token holder and basically feel and being as though you're part of a community looking forward to the next event, thinking, well, I own a bit of this festival, whether it be a very small amount or just by holding your tokens. It's, you know, it's your festival. You're there. You're going to be part of it. And, that, that's the beauty of it, where you say, like, uh, you were throwing your own money at stuff for the love of the music. Well, this is going to be a decentralised thing where the token holders are all... We're all going to be pushing in the right direction where, with the love of the music, it's... It's, um, it's just going to... You know, yeah. Yeah, I'm totally excited about that. And there is... Um... Uh, like you know even when we did those parties back um, you know uh, without any of this infrastructure um, there is that you know finding the right balance between a core group of people that are leading the charge and also including governance where everyone gets a say on you know big decisions and stuff and I see a a lot of that playing out uh, like you know back then as well where initially when we started throwing those parties and we did them for like 10 years or so uh, was that at first we tried to make it all open and everyone had ideas. And then, uh, you know, after a few years, we realized that, you know, some people have to step up and take the leadership position. So I'm really interested to see how that plays out. Uh, I've seen that playing out in a lot of DAOs and, you know, uh, I'm part of the Galactic Punk DAO and, uh, a bunch of uh, Cosmos uh, ecosystem DAOs. And, you know, there's a big revolution going on in terms of how, um, you know, a, a group of people start off an idea and then how it becomes more decentralized and the decision-making and stuff. You, you know, you feel like a lot, a lot more a part of the 
uh, you know, community than just being observers, right? Like right now, if I go to a music festival, I hope that they're getting it all right. Uh, and, you know, uh, I hope that we're getting the right DJs and the right systems in place, right? But uh, with with having on-chain governance, right, you, it, it becomes like A, recorded, you know, as history of what, what happens and we learn from, and then B, also uh, it's like much much more, there's a lot of that infrastructure already from all of these NFT DAOs and the uh, the layer one DAOs that, that are working out a lot of the difficulties in terms of like how to do these votings and uh, making decisions for a large organization like that. So I, I think there's still a lot to go in terms of evolving and getting the right, right fit for the right kind of DAO. But um, do, do you guys see that... Um, you know, how do you see that balance going forward with LunaFest? Like, is it like I imagine initially it's more centralized, but then are you guys looking to be as as decentralized as possible in terms of decision making for future festivals and all of that? Yeah, that that is the idea. Obviously, it's a brand new concept, and we're learning to walk before we learn to run. So that's the idea of starting with the six thousand festival. And the site has got the possibility of a hundred thousand. So the scope was always to grow it, but we want to have a better festival with better things for a smaller group rather than making it a big massive festival straight away and not producing the product that we want to produce. So it's it's a case of learning to walk before we learn to run. And I think it'll. It, well, I think the plan is after three years, it is going to go full governance. It it is going to be governance anyway, but like fully governance, where the whole token holders will get a say anyway. And by having the governance, you're keeping things fresh. So you know, it's um, everything's going to be produced to what the governance wants, and that's are going to be a wide varying range of ideas and things that are happening and if the governance passes a vote these things will happen so yeah it's um, governance is a big part of it that as, as I always say music for the people it's a people's festival and people are going to be a part of it and yeah it's gonna, it's a great concept in the fact that I always say you, you're going to walk out to that festival after being an attendee, especially if you go to the first one and get one of these first NFT tickets, and you possibly, I don't know, 10 years' time, 20 years' time, you could turn around and say, I was at the first one, and you could still you could still be a token holder. You could still... I, I can see it growing and growing, so... I don't know. It could go massive, and you know, if you if you're willing to hold your tokens, you can always be a part of LunaFest, however big it goes. Which is a great concept. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, those times when we can look back and say, "Yeah, I was on that in that uh, in that movement." And uh, you know, one of the bigger bigger things I I think about is like, how can we pass this kind of this template of building people's music festivals to other ones. Like there's so many around the world now, right? Like all over the world, there is like these big music festivals that are going on. And um, how, how can we build those templates on chain to like pass it on to, uh, to people to easily take on and tweak it to their own needs, right? So uh, the, the other part I'm really excited about is that, you know, 
people are going to come to a music festival and they're going to learn about Terra, right? And uh, and then you know be able to believe that they can make the twenty percent return on Anchor or you know close to twenty percent and all of that stuff. Like we, I, I think it's bullish for for the ecosystem. You know, like every little bit of bringing new people in counts and helps, right? Yeah, well, onboarding new people is going to be a great thing. And that's why, obviously, everything running in UST and these people that are coming to the festival, they possibly may have to download a Terra wallet and go through that way, or possibly they could convert the cash at a token put at the festival and it'll just get UST tokens or however way it goes. But... It, all in all, it will all filter back into UST, uh, which obviously makes the system grow. And to be honest, world adoption of many things, uh, it's the future anyway. Uh, as you say, without bypassing these banking systems where it goes through chain of custody of whatever it goes through, uh, decentralization is the way forward. Uh, and being part of a crypto movement in the festival, that's like uh, all these other festivals that are happening, yet these some festivals are better than others. The beauty of this being a crypto festival, we've got crypto-minded people who want to revolutionise the space with the likes of your Metaverse stuff. Now, I know Metaverse stuff possibly will filter out to other normal music festivals, but with it being a crypto festival as such, I'm hoping we should get the cream of all of the crypto spaces with the want to play a crypto festival eh? that's, that's what I'm open anyway looking forward to that um, and the first couple will be the crucial ones where we have you know to make mistakes and figure out how to do it better and uh, you know by the time I think by the time the third fourth one rolls around it'll be just like clockwork then I, I'm hoping yeah in, in an ideal festival setup who would you like to see play at a festival? Uh, what kind of direction would you want the festival to go to yourself as a for yourself? Yeah, so I, I mean, you know, I, um, I am uh, always, uh, you know, wag me mindset where, um, all, you know, every, if everyone wins, then we all like all win. So um, there should be. Uh, the, the best festivals I, that I've gone to is the ones where there is a variety of music, right? So I imagine that, um, you know, if we do a good job of having different stages that are uh, catering to different people and different tastes uh, would be the best path forward, right? And then there's there's got to be a chill chill stage as well where... You know, when you've gone all night, you can come always come back to the safe space there and, and hang out. So, yeah, in, in an ideal setup, you know, we would get one of the stages that are focused around, uh, you know, bringing in kind of uh, more like big name people that would be recognized by a lot of festival goers, right? Like, uh, and then a kind of, you know, another stage that's like focused on like, the electronic music scene DJs and stuff, right? And then, and then I really like the the way that you guys are setting it up, where there's the third one is all community oriented. So, uh, you know, people like myself and others that are crypto DJs, but also are you know part time DJs or musicians that can come through and uh, 
and represent the community that way as well. Uh, so, you know, that's a space where we can also onboard like newer, um, newer artists and stuff as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's about diversity, I think, in, in music, right? Like we can't just focus only on house and trance. We'll have to kind of go out of our comfort zone and, you know, include um, all the different kinds of uh, music that people are into. Yeah, the Lunatic stage is a great addition, obviously, for the members of the community. Yeah, that's uh, that. That'll be a great stage. That um, and uh, variety is something I want to see. I, I I'd love to see at least on the main stage a day of uh, indie music with all the top indie bands, and then obviously a day of headliners and maybe not so much the music I like, but. You know, it's not about me, it's about, well, it's going to be decentralised, so people are going to pick on all this stuff anyway. Yeah, and obviously a dance stage as well. I, I could see a, a, a full stage set up purely for electronica, whether it be a day of drum and bass and house or a day of techno, and then maybe the last day a bit more chilled, I'd be for the um, party stuff. Um, you know, just, yeah, he's a... Uh, but I would like to see an indie stage. The likes of ocean colour scenes, Arctic monkeys, all that kinds of uh, stuff. That'd be a that'd be a, a good stage to go. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know, in uh, most of the bigger festivals, there's also like you know, you can use the same stage during the afternoon and daytime, and you know, early evening for bands, and then you move into like the the crazy partiers uh, staying up overnight is like where you bring in the electronic music uh, more, right? Like the later it gets at night, the crazier techno and stuff that we start playing. So there could be some some of that as well. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to also you know not just uh, bringing the music but contributing to uh, planning and organizing as well. If you guys are um, open to that as well, like I've I've had a lot of experience in. Uh, uh, stage management and that kind of stuff as well. So I'm, I'm happy to pitch in for the community stage and stuff in terms of, uh, you know, helping run uh, a smooth, uh, a smooth stage. Yeah, great stuff. That, well, that's what it's all about. The community getting involved and uh, you know sorting this stuff out. But I, I can see the lunatic stage actually being the late night stage. Yeah. Well, it, but it's not called the lunatic stage for nothing, so it'll be uh, it'll be the late night party stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. So, DeFi, in uh, some of the other festivals that you've ever been, have you ever come across uh, spaces where the like set up areas for, uh, well, let's say I'll call them lunar labs, where you could have like pioneer technics, Alan and Eat showcasing some of their equipment. Um, Basically, yeah. doing presentations and a DJ comes in and talks through his equipment. Here. Do you think there's a space for that in the festival? Would that be a good aspect you'd think a, a, part, a festival person would like to see? It, maybe an NFT lab where someone talks NFTs and metaverse labs. Would you, would you think that'd be a good concept for the festival? For sure, yeah. I've been seeing festivals... Uh, over the last decade or so, like, you know, coming in and uh, uh, having workshops during the daytimes and uh, a lot of people getting inspired, you know, just outside of um, 
partying itself, you know, you're able to learn something new. Uh, so I definitely think that enriches that experience of the festival, right? And, uh, I personally have participated in a lot of uh, uh, a lot of times where I've um, kind of you know hosted workshops on teaching people how to use Ableton Live for DJing, for example, and other stuff. So I definitely think is it's a very rich addition to to a festival culture like that. Yeah, that's something the uh, Luna Fest team have been talking about, and like. Uh... In the early days of Terra, we used to see the hackathons where, well, the likes of your Apollo, I believe, was uh, formed out of a hackathon. Um, and obviously a few other protocols have come off the back of the likes of hack- hackathons. I would also like to see a, a space in the festival for, I don't know, the uh, a little hackathon space where the geniuses can all get together and maybe come up with a concept while they at the festival, I think that'd be a... Well, I'd be happy to know that some strangers I've met at a festival that I've never met before and have walked away from that festival and created a little bit of a team for the idea and it takes off and maybe one day a protocol could be formed out of it. I think that'd be a great idea. Yeah, that sounds really great. And uh, I'm looking forward to meeting uh, all of these uh, GigaBrain people and learning as much as I can from them. Right there. I, I do think, you know, uh, you should be able to also party hard at a festival. So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't want to be coding the next day, you know, or in the middle of it. So, so uh, uh, you know, I think uh, that that whole networking and connection between people is, is the best aspect there for sure. Yeah, I think uh, if you're a gigabrain, I'm sure these people never switch off, even when they're... Uh... When they've had a good few drinks, I think a Giga Brain never switches off. I'm sure they'll uh, have a little spark of imagine, imagination somewhere. But yeah, I see all of this kind of stuff happening in the festival. Firework displays, fairgrounds. Um, obviously, I just see it being crypto-based. Obviously, a lot of Giga Brains there, a lot of uh, crypto people there. I, I can see it being wild parties. I can see uh, things happening. Uh, round the site uh, just uh, yeah I think it's going to be really good really really good moving on to uh, NFTs DeFi uh, have you got any favourite NFTs is there any NFTs that you'd like to see in the space at the festival location there NFTs yeah I mean you know I've, I've got a little bit of an NFT addiction problem going on I started, uh, you know, just with the uh, Galactic Punks, and then uh, since since then, it's just gotten a little bit out of hand. I, I think I'm sitting at almost a hundred NFTs now. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I I would love to um, see representation from those uh, Dystop AI guys. I, I've been actually thinking about how uh, we can use those uh, those. Um, uh, Distop AI, uh, AI generated, um, you know, landscapes and stuff as visuals at the party. I, like I was thinking of proposing to that DAO, uh, you know, can we use them as visuals at LunaFest? And um, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of NFTs, even in the JPEG format, but beyond that, all of the utility that it can bring, bring uh, to everyday stuff. I'm really excited about that. 
but yeah, I would love to. Like I'm, I'm going over to the that next uh, TerraDAP Expo that's happening in June uh, in Austin, Texas, and I'm looking forward to. Like you know, I, I was thinking about how do I showcase all of these NFTs that I hold. I might have to just like you know put my phone on a lanyard and have it kind of you know uh, go through like a wallpaper of all of the different NFTs that I've got or something like that. But yeah, I'm 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 a big NFT proponent to the point where my kid and family is like no more talk about nfts can you please shut up yeah i think some of the visuals at the festival could be uh, especially in the, if we had a dance uh, stage i think some of the some of the uh, visuals that you could get with the nfts at some of these stages uh, and beyond going into the metaverse stuff and really pushing it out there that's and I, I still think metaverse stuff is really early in, in the space. I think year on year, all of these visuals are going to be uh, getting better and better. Uh, and yeah, so you're going to Austin, the TFI Alpha? That's right, yeah. And I'm really looking forward to meeting some of these uh, crypto DGENs that I've been shitposting with for a long time now and uh, meeting in person and sharing some beer. Are you, are you coming? Uh, to be honest, I'm I'm not going to be uh, attending that, but uh, hopefully, if they get one in Europe, uh, I'm I'm going to be looking to go to one in Europe. So I'm over, I'm possibly open T Five Alpha do uh, something at Lunafest as well. Uh, I think well with a hundred thousand people space, there's going to be bits and bobs for everyone. So yeah, uh, they are good things. But looking at them and. I did uh, watch the T5 Alpha New York one online. Uh, they look like good parties, to be honest. Yeah, and, uh, the thing that stands out for me is Dil Kwan uh, screaming, UST, UST. <laughs> so that was hilarious. But yeah, that's uh, definitely a good place to, you know, we, we've got a lot of, uh, like, we've got an amazing community in Lunatics, right? And, uh, you know, the, the, that those meetings in person kind of elevate that even more, right? Like it kind of turns it from a community to family almost, right? Like once you start meeting people and making those connections. So um, I'm really looking forward to that at, uh, at the TerraDAP Expo and also um, at LunaFest for sure. Yeah, I think when TPI Alpha New York was happening, I think there was only a handful of protocols launched at that time. We were still talking about Alice. Um, I think it was we possibly only had Anchor and Mirror. Uh, I'm not sure what had actually launched. So there couldn't have been many protocols out there, but when you go on the likes of Terra Analytics now, there's over 200 protocols launching, so the lunatic community must be getting bigger and bigger uh, as the months go by. So the festivals in August 2023, the Fest festival there's probably going to be protocols launched by the time that comes around that haven't even been concepted yet um maybe the next hackathon don't know when the next set of hackathon is but maybe someone's going to come up with a create a protocol that'll be launched before the festival it's a uh, it's smart everything's moving so quick he's just yeah it's a uh, good times good times ust adoption Worldwide is what we want. And I, worldwide, worldwide adoption, I'll just uh, give a little shout out to Badali. I've been using Badali myself personally, uh, for anyone that doesn't know what Badali is. 
it basically lets you spend your UST, so check that out as well. Anyone that doesn't know what Badali is. It, going to your, to your music, um, DeFi, what kinds of music have you put in this um, set that we're going to play at the end? Yeah, so this, I, you know, I put some thought into it and, uh, you know, I talked about how my music, uh, you know, the, the, the music I DJ kind of changed over time, right? And uh, I kind of went backwards a little bit. So I start off with a little bit of uh, deep dubstep, right? Um, uh, with uh, with uh, artist uh, called Grouch, you know, from the from the last um, two or three years ago, that track, right? And then going backwards and going through some, uh, you know, tr uh, trance and minimal techno and uh, house and uh, you know a little bit of everything, right? And and then kind of ending it with the, the that uh, uh, epic trance vibe. What what I got into this all, you know, into the rave scene back then with, right? So it's uh, it's going to be quite a journey. Like it's not a single genre. Uh, that's that's kind of the signature of what I love to play, right? Like kind of taking you on a journey from. Uh, you know, some really happy places to some dark places to everything in between. Yeah, good stuff. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to listening to it. Uh, but music takes you on a journey. If if uh, I suppose you you look out at the crowd and feel a vibe and change the tempo and pump it up a bit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, you know it's what I think of. Uh, like the general mainstream view of DJs, you know, these days is like, oh, they just go up there and press play, right? But really, there's so much more to it, right? Like, you kind of are just like somebody who's writing a novel, right? You're kind of intentionally putting a lot of thought into like where and how you're taking the crowd, like you've got a responsibility to, uh, to the people that are giving feeding you all that energy to like, safely navigate them through this experience right and the the people that really get into it that you know that's the, the those are the djs that really stand out yeah i'm looking forward to it to be honest i'm looking forward to hopefully seeing you play at the lunatic stage yeah regardless of whether you play or you don't play i, I hope you're going to be in attendance at the festival i wouldn't mind sharing a beer and talking music with you what kind of music have you actually done in your set what journey you took us on? Yeah, so actually, you know, the, as I was talking about before, where, uh, you know, I've been through a lot of different genres of electronic music over the last 20 years in terms of what I DJed. Um, and so, you know, what I got at in the last few years is that I like to take people on a journey between different genres. Like the genres don't really matter. They're kind of like tools to take you to different places, right? So I love telling a story that has peaks and valleys and, you know, uh, and takes you through all kinds of emotion. So in, in this set, I started off with, you know, my latest uh, interests in bass music. So it started off with some deep dubstep and then goes goes into, you know, uh, house techno and uh, minimal and all of that kind of in between and then kind of ends up in where I started back in the late 90s, like a little bit of epic trance at the end, right? And then there's like everything in between, right? So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a journey through kind of backwards of what kind of music that I've been into over the past 20 years. Yeah, it sounds like a good set, to be honest. I'm looking forward to listening to it. Um, yeah, uh, your, mu your music is uh, pretty 
much you're into the same same kinds of stuff I'm into, basically. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to listening to that. Like, yeah, um, I'm. I it was a blast to go through all those uh, memories. You know, like it's interesting how music holds different memories for you at different times of your life, right? And like going back like that really, you know, reminded me of my first party and then all of the subsequent stuff and how you know like the rave scene was the first place where i felt at home and connected right like i grew up uh you know i was born in bangladesh my parents moved to libya when i was really little and then uh, we moved to canada when i was about 16 or so so you know i never quite felt at home until i found the rave scene after i you know moved to canada and that's where i felt at home so yeah i mean i'm really um really happy about you know finding myself through music in those early days and now, and now i guess well now you're a lunatic really and big part of the crypto scene how did you actually get into the crypto scene do you feel that same kinds of buzz being in the crypto scene as you did in the early rave scene yeah there's definitely a very uh palpable feeling of like we're on to a revolution kind of thing right like um, so, yeah, in terms of crypto, you know, back in uh, the late 2000s, I started hearing about Bitcoin, right? And I didn't quite believe in it yet because it was like, hey, somebody made up some value, store of value and, you know, not, it's never going to catch on, right? Like you're only going to be able to do very weird things with it. But, um, you know, around uh, 2016, uh, yeah, 2016, um, I was going through a transition between two jobs and I, um, you know, I got a pretty good severance from one of them. And I started buying Ethereum at the time because I, I really bought into the value of building smart contracts on, on top of a blockchain, right? Like the, that really captured my imagination of all the things that you could do on a virtual machine that always is running and it's immutable and you know all of that stuff the good stuff that goes with it so i you know i started uh getting a lot of ethereum right but at the time i wasn't really uh, i wasn't really an investor right so half of me was like oh this is kind of like a crazy you know casino almost and the other half really believed in the technology so i you know at one point in 2016 i it was uh, ethereum was at six Six or seven dollars is when I started, and I ended up, you know, accumulating something like six thousand ETH or so, right? And uh, and uh, lo and behold, the the platform it was a centralized exchange uh, uh, that I was eToro that I was using uh, at the end of the year, like right before 2017 came around, right before the next dip. Uh, eToro said they're not supporting Canadians anymore. So I was like, hey, that this is probably a sign. I've already made 10x on this stuff. I just sold it all off. And, you know, at the time I was uh, going through a divorce and I had to set up my own, own new house and stuff. So I just took the money and, uh, you know, uh, invested it into other stuff. And I was like, okay, I think I got out at the right time. I sold it all, right? 6,000 ETH. And uh, I thought I was, you know, winning at the time. But, uh, you know, now I, 
it pains me to think about, you know, even if I left like one-tenth of it there, <laughs> I, would have, uh, I would have been almost a millionaire by, by, by now. Uh, but yeah, I sold it all off and I was done with crypto for a couple of years there, uh, other than like Ripple and stuff that I, I had a little bit of holding in. And then it wasn't until the uh, beginning of COVID where I started looking really into it when DeFi summer rolled around. I started really getting back into it and, uh, and really studying things because, you know, we weren't going out and we were kind of in, inward focused. I started really diving into researching and understanding, uh, you know, A, investments and uh, also B, uh, in terms of um, you know how the blockchain tech works, like understanding the whole ecosystem and stuff. So I started off, you know, um, with Ethereum, DeFi a little bit, and then I realized the gas fees were, you know, exorbitant. So I went into Polygon first, right? As like, oh look, there's like it's almost nothing for gas fees, and then uh, moved, started, uh, you know, looking around to other uh, other blockchains as well, and uh, you know. So it was probably uh, around when Terra was at $7 or so when Luna uh, got my attention. And then, you know, as I came into it and started re realizing how solid and different from every other chain in terms of the value capture for for Luna with, you know, the, the whole kind of um, uh, absorbing the volatility uh, and providing that UST, you know, that it's, it's, it's nowhere else in the, the blockchain ecosystem, right? Like not, none of the other L1 chains do exactly what Luna does, right? And one of the things that I like to point out always is that looking at uh, Luna's uh, market cap is uh, not the best idea because it's actually Luna and UST has to be Kind of added up and looking at that market cap if you add those two up we've already passed a lot of the other ones and we're second to ethereum pretty much at the moment right so anyways coming back to it in the last year or so i've become a you know bona fide lunatic i have a lot of nfts to prove it <laughs> and uh you know i you know one of the things that i was thinking about is that i've never sold an nft i've only bought and i'm holding a lot of them um and yeah, so it's been quite the journey. And uh, I'm, you know, uh, Luna is my second kind of. I didn't. I missed out on Ethereum back there, right? So uh, I'm never letting Luna go. Basically, <laughs> whatever I'm accumulating, I'm just gonna use it to take loans and leverage and that kind of stuff. I think that's uh, well, that's the best way. I don't think you're you're gonna get to a point where you'll never need to sell it. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about the? Uh... Bitcoin Maxi starting to come on board and obviously that I think a lot of that the pump that we're having at the moment we've just hit one hundred and ten dollars eh? I think we're getting a few Bitcoin Maxis coming over and obviously Doquan's decided to buy ten billion pounds worth of Bitcoin eh? and well that's obviously that that that's made noise around the space. You're actually getting the likes of Motley Fool, which is a platform that gives information on all currencies and other stuff it's starting to like it's starting to make waves and i think the only thing ethereum has got on terra is the time that it's had before but I, the way i see it i look at bitcoin as being digital gold it's, it's generation one 
Ethereum's generation two, you've got your uses, and I think Terra is generation three. It's it's much better than everything, and um, I think it's just a matter of time before it absolutely just goes mental. Yeah, I mean, I I'm definitely on board with uh, with it's it's like the hugest marketing uh, campaign, you know, bringing Bitcoin on board, right? And um, and uh, I think Doe is uh, on the right track, right? And uh, it's not just BTC. The, he's thinking about bringing other uh, uh, other chains that are winning as well. And I, I I don't think of it as a race, you know, like. You know, Terra has to win. I, I, you know, I'm a firm believer of Wagme, where you know, uh, it, everyone wins if we all work together, right? So all of those guys on that are building on Avalanche and Solana and all of those, like you know, we, I think of it like if you go back in the the 90s, right? Like there was this big uh, Web 2 boom at the time, right? All of the different companies that were coming on board, like building computers and software and stuff, right? Not all of them made it, but a lot of them did, right? Uh, like Apple and IBM and all of these guys, a lot of them fell off, but a lot of them did make it. So I, I think of it like that, right? Like right now, if you go go out to buy a computer, you can buy it from like eight different companies, but it's they all have their own niches, right? And so that's that's what I think about. And you know, I I, I think in terms of um, you know we're we're really lucky and early as lunatics in terms of capturing that value. That's like that avalanche of value that's coming towards towards uh, us, right? But but then also I think of UST as being the kind of the main asset that is going all over all of the chains, right? And and Luna is one of the pieces that'll that kind of helps stabilize it, right? And now that Bitcoin is on board, it kind of builds that community out even bigger, right? So Bitcoin maxis are bec- are becoming lunatics without knowing it, right? <laughs> and so I, I think it's a great idea and the way that that's being done. And you know, I I was uh, listening to Doe yesterday talk to. Uh, to talk on one of the interviews and he was talking about the plans of bringing some of the other chain tokens as being uh, res- you know the reserve for for UST as well in the future right so I, I, th- I think he's hugely bullish and uh, you know over time like even though there might be more dips coming up but it's going to be you know in, in that, that thousand dollar Luna by by a year from now and then like you know ten thousand in five years or something like that or beyond right it's really really easily possible it's all programmed right like it's just hard not to not not to jump in and uh be a lunatic these days yeah i think a lot of that stuff you've just talked about is basically the cosmos in it where like these are pieces of the pie different pieces of the pie well that's that is basically the cosmos and with the wormholes and uh all that cross-chain stuff and if ust can capture most of the cosmos as the the base currency in ust i think tether is just going to be the apex of the cosmos i already see it as the apex and i can see it one day whether it be one year two years five years i can see it one day will overtake ethereum but the whole cosmos in general is a it's it's going to thrive and yeah, it will. It'll thrive, and Ted is going to be the number one part of that. 
Definitely agree. Yeah, well, uh, going back to your music here, uh, I think it's about time to throw your mix on here. Uh, is there any uh, favourite tunes you'd want to tell all the listeners here, uh, your favourite tune of all time? I know that's a hard question because it, there's so many out there. Yeah, you know, I uh, it would be very hard to uh, narrow down a favourite tune, but I can tell you the one track that I remember, which I, you know, it, it didn't make it into this list, uh, the this mix, but one track that I remember, there was this uh, very first uh, rave, uh, outdoor rave that I was going to, like my very first um, music, music festival, right? And there's this one track that really got me. Uh, it was, uh, it was those guys who, um, who were part of Daft Punk. Um, wait, is it cutting out? Uh, no, no, you still, you still on. Uh, just, uh, I'll just answer that question. We've had a nightmare on Discord tonight while being recording this. We've cut out about five or six times and had to be asked the questions again and again. So, if uh, anyone who's been listening throughout the show and you might get an answer before the question, I'm sure Finn's going to do a great job editing all this. But yeah, at the moment you're still here, DeFi. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Finn, for uh, all your magic that you do. I, I, I can only imagine you have like five hands pressing record on five different, <laughs> five different things at the same time. Thank you for your service, by the way. Um, yeah, go, going back to the one track that stands out for me that got me into the rave scene. It's uh, called Music Sounds Better With You uh, by Stardust. And Stardust was those guys that are in Daft Punk, well, a couple of the guys that are in Daft Punk. That's, that's what st stands out as being like an early, uh, you know, disco, uh, you know, funky house kind of track that uh, that has that uh, music sounds better with you lyrics in there. That's that's what stands out for me in terms of what got me in there. But you know, I love a lot of different stuff, but that's what stands out for me right now. Yeah, great stuff. I actually uh, that tune to me in my mind. That's the kind of tune I'd play on the last day of the festival on the dance stage as like the chill out day. That's the kinds of tunes that I I see on the last day that. Exactly. Yeah, it makes for a great afternoon, uh, uh, afternoon house music for uh, by the by the river as you're chilling out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Uh, well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, it's been great having you on. And as I say, I hope you attend the festival. I, I, I'm open to see you actually DJ at the festival. And uh, regardless, I'm open to have a beer or two with you at the festival. It's been a uh, great chatting with you. Uh, yeah, is there anything you'd like to add or talk about just before we wrap up and put your mix on? Yeah, no, I really want to thank you for uh, providing this opportunity. Thanks for uh, coming on. And, you know, I this LunaFest is uh, kind of uh, the intersection of two of the things that I'm most passionate about, right? Music and, uh, you know, Web3 technology. And so I'm really excited to be contributing in whatever way I can. And I'm definitely planning on being there as soon as I figure out the exact dates. I'm getting my plane tickets and I'll be I'll be there. So I invite everyone that's listening as well to come and join the music revolution that we're creating on chain music revolution at uh, at LunaFest. Uh, yeah. Thanks again for this opportunity. Yeah, it's a, it's been a pleasure, and I'll actually give you the dates. It's going to be the 14th, the 15th, and the 16th of August, 2023. It's actually going to be a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday. 
Yeah, because with crypto and we can do them dates because crypto's got no boundaries. Weekend date doesn't matter. Crypto never switches off. Sounds great. I'll be there for the whole week. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, just like to say before we wrap up here, anyone who's listening, check out the lunafest.io. That's it. Our website. And also, uh, I would like to mention it, like always, about Lunafest being uh, obviously a good thing for onboarding people into crypto and crypto people into Terra. Or if you want to check out terraspaces.org, it's uh, Alpha, Learn Terra, uh, Terabytes Pod, and many other sources all over the internet. But to be honest, Get into the DeFi crypto scene, uh, get into your music scene. This is going to be the world's first DeFi music festival, uh, Metaverse stuff, Web3. It's going to be lots of things happening, so hope to see you all there. And big shout out to Finn. Uh, I think we've created a lot of work for you tonight, Finn, with all the cutouts that we've had. Um, but yeah, big shout out to Finn at Terra Spaces. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, DeFi, and as I say, Let's go, Luna. Thanks, Wiggy. No problems, mate. Take it easy. Let's go, Luna first. Let's go, Luna.
sound coming out from single different play. It replicates the experience of just being alive. Being alive.
Oh, <laughs> 